this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You're watching Meet the Movie Press, and coming up, we're going to be talking about James Bond 25, a Boba Fett movie, Jake Gyllenhaal joining the Spidey universe, and so much more, including my new job. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talks. Meet the movie press. Good morning, Simon. Good morning, Jefferson. Uh, I'm going to miss saying that. Yeah, are you? Uh, maybe I'll just wake up. I don't up. know if you are. <laughs> I don't know if you are, really. <laughs> Next month, I'm just going to call yeah. you in the mornings to wish you good morning. Dude. We're like we're like uh, Trump and Hannity in that respect. We do call each other every morning, whereas they those guys talk before they go to bed. Mm, I don't know if I, don't know well, if I like that analogy, true, but all right. Yeah. Um, guys, I'm mm. Jeff Snyder. Yes. At the N Snyder on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. I'm, and this is my last episode. It, it is. And I'm Simon Thompson at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. But Jeff, where can we now find you? Reveal spoiler. All right. Spoiler warning. We'll get right to it, uh, you know, before we yeah. start the show. Um, so, yeah, uh, this is my last show it for is. a reason. Yeah. Uh, I have accepted a new jump. At Ralph's, is it? At Ralph's. Is it at Ralph's? Yeah, Ralph was like, is, we, is can't have, we can't have any you, of our Are uh, you driving for Uber? Cashiers, exactly. <laughs> okay, cool. Uber has very strict Just policies checking. about its drivers having yeah. podcasts. No, uh, I'm very uh, excited, uh, and I'll, I'll tweet this out in a second, mm. to announce that starting Monday, June 4th, uh, I will be the what? new Collider what? News Director. What? Collider News Director. What? I'm heading to Collider. That's a thing. Oh shit! What? I'm excited to work with uh, with with Frosty over there, yep. who, who gave this his blessing, and, and to work with all my my Schmodown friends: Christian Harloff, Mark Ellis, Mark Riley, John Roca. Uh, excited to work with Perry Nemiroff over there. So uh, yeah, it's it's should be good. I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna miss us though. I'm should gonna miss us, Simon. Yeah, I'm gonna miss this. You know, like. I, uh, you know, before we, we get to the show and everything, I just wanted to thank Simon. Thank you. Uh, and, and to thank Mark Riley, who was the, you know, original yes. co-host of the show with me. Yeah. And all the guest hosts that we've had over the years, whether it's Justin Kroll, Umberto uh, Gonzalez. Who will still be appearing on the show from time yeah, to course. time. Yeah, of course. Dimitri. Yes. Um, I'd like to thank Maria Menounos yes, and Kevin Undergaro. Yeah. Uh, and all the engineers in the booth, including Anthony. Who's well, been doing <laughs> even Anthony. <laughs> He's been doing a great job. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if, guys, Simon's still going to be here. You I'm going to be in that chair. Yeah, I'm going to be in that chair. And we're going to still try to figure out a way to, to work yeah. together while I'm over at Collider. Whether it's you know trying to get Simon involved, or I mean, I'm sure I'll, I'll come back and guest on on this. Well, I was going to say that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, yeah, no, once you, you walk out that door, no, you're gone. But everybody was going, like, oh my god, Jeff is going. But Jeff, I mean, you know, as they say, this isn't this isn't goodbye. Right. It's it's fuck off. You're dead to me. <laughs> No, seriously, no. you will come back every now and again, of and you course, will be in this chair, the, which would be lovely. I feel like this is my I'll baby. I, I started tearing yeah. up on the ride over here. Honestly, though, this has been an incredible platform for me, mm-hmm. uh, Meet the Movie Press. We've built up a loyal following. We have. The show has allowed me to vent Eight my... Eight people, I hear. <laughs> Eight. The show has allowed me to vent my frustrations yep. with the industry, and, and it's important for you guys, I think, to hear the nuance in my voice when I do that, as that kind of stuff doesn't always look so hot in mm. print. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to join Collider and the team over there. You know, as you guys know, I started out on Ain't It Cool News, and you know. Back then, they were a real leader in the space, yeah. uh, and, and it was alongside sites like Slash Film and First Showing and Collider and Joe Blow, and and you know I really think, and, and no offense to any of those sites, that Collider has really won the battle of the of the blogs, and I think Collider's really elevated itself into a major brand. Uh, you know, they have a presence at Comic Con, they host studio screenings, they have an app on Apple TV, and. Mm-hmm. and you know, I really just thought Frosty made a shrewd business move in selling the company to Complex because then you know there was money behind it and they were able able to go to the next level, uh, and and yet with that corporate overlord came certain mandates and restrictions. And now that Collider's independently owned again by Mark Fernandez, I think it's in a real position to to thrive. Um, so I'm excited to come in and try to beef up that site's original reporting. You know, Frosty's been breaking scoops for ages, yeah. and a lot of that comes from direct relationships with talent, and why I have some of those as well. I also have relationships with agents and managers, and I think that that creates some news-breaking opportunities for Collider. Um, you know, I, I love, I think Collider has a great video department that, you know, every trade in, tra- every trade in town would envy, uh, and if I can use those resources and break news. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Via video, then the sky's the limit over there. We're still kind of figuring out what my role is going to be, Simon. Uh, and so I appreciate everybody's patience while while I do that and find my footing again because it's tough when even when you leave the game for six weeks, you yeah. know. Uh, but I think we can really compete with major print publications for big stories, uh, and, and we'll serve as an alternative to that kind of dry trade speak. So, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to join the whole gang over there, and, and I'm grateful to Mark Fernandez for the opportunity. He and saw something in me, believes in me, and I'm going to do my best not to let him down. And certainly, when I think of of beefing up. Um, because of your Herculean physique. Right. <laughs> you are the first man that I think about every uh, morning. No. Hey, no. eh? What? The first man no, you think about every seriously, morning. Um, and, You're the and same and for genuinely, me, Genuinely, I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss doing this with you every week. Um, it, I've been doing this now for a little over two years. Um, as you say, I filled Mark's shoes. Um, and it was a great honor to do that um, as, a, uh, as a, well, your own answer to Harry Potter with Halopecia. <laughs> Your own 99-cent store Jason Statham. Your, I don't know, own little Kevin Hart. Um, I've, I've really appreciated the way that uh, you embraced me on the show. Um, we haven't, I don't know if you've noticed, but we haven't always agreed on certain things. That's, that's a good thing for the show. But what I like is the fact that you've always kept a cool head, Jeff. <laughs> I That's like that me. about you. Cool head, Jeff. Yeah, always no level-headed. Never <laughs> a hot head. No, but I'm genuinely going to miss that. And, and the dynamic is, obviously, the show is, is going to continue. Um, people are trying to guess. It, seriously, it's like spoiler territory out there today. Who is going to be the new co-host? Uh, I don't know right now. Um, but I will be slipping into uh, Jeff's space. Uh, near matron. Um, and, uh, and the show will continue. Um, we might make a few changes. Uh, I might get some hair plugs. Hair plugs. Hair plugs. Hair, 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 um, hair plugs. Hair, hair plugs. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, we will we will continue the show in your honor, and it's been an honor doing it with you. Likewise, every- sir. So it's let's been t- an honor doing it with you every Friday morning, Jeff. Yes. Yeah, so let's do it one Thank more you. time for let's old time's sake. One more time. One more time. Oh. Can let's, I get let's a rewind, start this show. DJ? Um, I'm never doing that again. Where, where do you want to start? <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Uh, okay, let's start with Bond news. Yeah, this broke, news? broke last night around 8 o'clock. I was actually on the phone with El Mayimbe, uh, and I saw this come through, and I was like, oh, man, you better pull over. Like, <laughs> you got you to hop, too, son. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, um, Bond 25, Universal winning a big bidding war for the international yeah. rights. Uh, I was quite surprised, actually, that it was Universal. Um, I did think that it might go uh, to, uh, over, over. I mean, if Sony didn't keep it, I would have thought that it would have been, um, it would have been Warner. Um, but I mean, it's a great coup for Universal um, on on many levels. Obviously, in in, the, in domestically, it's still going to be uh, MGM. But you know, they've got Danny Ball directing it. Uh, Craig's going to be back. Uh, it's going to be a 2019 release, and they start shooting in December. So it's really going to be uh, pretty quick 
um, to get all this off the ground and, and kicked in. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Universal are are going to do um, with it because obviously the Bourne franchise for them has kind of ground to a halt and everyone was always comparing Bond and Bourne and saying Bourne was, was Universal's Bond. Um, so it kind of me it makes logical sense for them to sort of keep that sort of genre of character and move forward with it and they prove that they can certainly marketing-wise and content-wise um, sell that internationally very successfully in the most part. I, I feel like this is a good fit. The, you know, Universal didn't need this mm-hmm. by any stretch, um, although they could use it in yep. that sense. Because yep, I agree. What I've loved about Universal, and, and one of the things, one of the reasons why I hope that Comcast actually does not get Fox over Disney, I hope that Fox just goes to Disney as planned, mm. is because I like how Universal has been succeeding without the capes and the spandex. They don't, they, they don't need the X-Men. They don't need the superheroes. They have a really balanced slate up at Universal. They have plenty of tentpoles. I mean, Fast and the Furious yep. is, is getting a little long in the tooth. Um, and, and, but, you know, Jurassic is looking really healthy. Yeah, very um, much And so. they have all the Illumination and DreamWorks animation stuff. You know, so, so they, it's not that they don't have franchises, but, you know, in the IP department, it's not quite Disney or Warner Brothers, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that this will help. I like that you know Donna Langley is, is a Brit. She's kind of like a natural fit to over- oversee uh, the international side of things. And I mean, again, this is still the Broccoli's, you know, Wilson and Broccoli. This is their show to run. Yeah, they're, they're going to be making all the decisions um, along with MGM. And MGM d- for domestic chose to go with Annapurna. You know, they signed that deal a couple months back. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it didn't mean that they necessarily were going to do Bond that way, but that is how it, how it shook out. I'm curious to see if like if MGM's getting anything else from Universal the way that Sony did, because like they, you know, Sony kissed MGM into all these other pro- properties like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and Jump Street. Etc. Yep. I wonder if MGM will be joining uh, any any major Universal titles, uh, or you know, ba- basically, what did Universal have to do to wrestle Bond away from you know its other suitors? But I mean, what do you think of Danny Boyle being confirmed to, to direct Craig? Like, are you? I are think you it's a fan great. Of this? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, we've discussed on the show right. many, many times over the last sort of year since he yeah. kind of first sort of you know he was he was a front runner. Um, I think it's really good. I mean, Danny Boyle is someone who who's who's loved Bond. He's referenced Bond in many interviews and stuff over the years. It's a very quintessentially British. Um, a sort of a hero, a brand um, association there. It's something that we all grew up with in the UK as very much kind of our, you know, well, the US had Star Wars, we had James Bond. Right. Um, and I think his, his closeness to it, his affinity with it, his... his uh, Sort of bringing the, the locality of James Bond to it, even though it's going to be a you know a global adventure again, as it always is. Um, and I think you know he can bring certain elements of, of many of his films over the years. He can do comedy, he can do action set pieces, he can do drama. We know this. Um, so I think everything that you need for that Bond cake, Danny Boyle is is the are chef. You, are you I think glad that. that Craig is back, or do you wish that they were sort of moving on? I'm genuinely point. quite. Um, I'm I'm a little bit. I'm still on the fence on that one because even though I love. Daniel Craig as James Bond. Inspector for me, he just seemed the general Checked air, out. that he was seemed done disinterested. with it. Yeah, that he was ready to, right. to move on. Maybe Boyle will re working with Boyle will reinvigorate. Yeah. And him. I well, and I kind of maybe he, it will, but I kind of thought that at that point, and obviously when it was like, who's going to be releasing it? What are we going to do? Who's the director going to be? What's the direction going to be? You know, is he going to stay for the full, you know, for the full length of his contract? I was like, if you're going to change home for Bond, maybe change Bond. See that as a natural cutoff point rather than sort of over overlapping, but. If he is done with it, and this is his swan song, this is a really good chance for them to, in some way, hand over the baton as part of the that baton. story. The baton. The baton. They have... Uh, the croissant. The croissant. They're, they're going to have less than a year to make this movie. Yeah. They're going to have to so, get their asses in gear, which produ- I'm pr- sure... Production starts December 3rd. Yeah. Because Boyle's making another movie this summer, a musical. Yeah. Uh, so production is not going to start until December. You're going to have probably uh, some kind of a holiday break, I would imagine. Mm. And then the movie's actually coming out. It comes out in November next Maybe it's year. A Bond Christmas movie. But it co- Maybe it's Bond's <laughs> Die Hard. But it co- it co- it's coming out in the UK two weeks before. Yeah. Now, I know that the UK has always gotten Bond a little bit early, but two weeks seems like a lot. They're not worried about spoilers or anything like that? 
I mean, they're doing it. I mean, they've done it before. They're doing it with Jurassic Park, and they've done it with a number of other movies. Sorry, Jurassic World: uh, Lost Kingdom. So sometimes they do open, and, and it does have a habit of. I mean, the, the last couple of Bond movies opened in the UK like two weeks before. Because I remember when Spectre came out, that was just as I was relocating to the US. I went to the premiere in London two weeks before I relocated to the US, and then it came out in the US that weekend that I moved. So it. it yeah, they do have a habit of releasing a little bit longer in the UK. They know that that is going to be a really strong lead market, that that is going to really give them a good idea of de- sort of domestically to how the longevity and internationally the power of that. So it doesn't surprise me it's opening in the UK. Hey, congr- um, congrats to Universal. Yeah, it's a really good thing. And I think, I mean, this is something I'm going to touch on later, but... There has been rumours for many, many years that, um, and as we were talking about Universal and how they use their IPs in various different ways of doing a James Bond stunt show. They have Westworld here at Universal Hollywood, and they had um, a, a Wild West stunt show in Orlando. If you are then setting setting it out so you've got Bond for 15 or 20 years, it's a really good property to turn into a really good stunt show. So something that's been rumoured for a long time, now we know it's, you know, this this chicken is in the hen house. I'm just imagining that like the, the total unknown actors who like there's probably going to be two or three of them who would end up playing Bond yeah. in this stage show yeah. to, to be able to say I am Bond, James Bond. Everybody's got to make bank. Um, so yeah, okay, that, yeah. that's Bond 25. So I think it's great. I think it's a really good decision. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really happy with it. Another Bond, sorry, bombshell. Yes, uh, dropped yesterday. Boom from Boris Kitt over at the Hollywood Reporter. Yep. This one took some uh, took some time to confirm. The other trades took a while to weigh in. Yep, the Boba Fett movie is back on. Mm. And it looks like it's going to be James Mangold who will uh, write and direct the movie. I am excited. I mean, fuck, James Mangold did an amazing job with Logan. Logan was a a top five movie last year, which is very rare for a comic book movie. Uh, I think that this guy has real soul to him. Yep, agree. And this may be my favorite hire of the entire Star Wars universe. And I think something that... that you know, I think will be fun to explore is the darkness of some of the characters. Because obviously, a lot of the, the the films tend to be, you know, family-friendly with an element of family-friendly darkness. But I think if Mangold does want to step this up a little bit and take this a little bit a little bit more adult, you're never going to see, like, a, a Wolverine level of a Star Wars movie. Um, I think you... Oh, Logan, sorry, a level of a Star Wars movie. I think this is someone who can, you know, manage between somewhere betwixt the two... Um, which I think will be so, quite good. So, Boba Fett's a character you can do that with. So, yeah, so okay, I, I wanted to get into that. Okay, you know, so Mangold I think gets a, a definite thumbs up from yes. us. That part of it. James Mangold joined mm. the, the the universe, and again, who knows if this sticks? Obviously, there's been a lot of director turnover in the in the Star Wars universe. Yes, uh, but but Mangold is a is a veteran, you know, a, a real pro. Uh, so I don't anticipate him having any of those sort of like newcomer second or third movie struggles mm. the way we've seen with like a Lord and Miller or Trevorrow, whoever um, Gareth Edwards um, Boba Fett as far as Boba Fett getting his own movie I don't know anything about Boba Fett that's I, why he needs his own movie I have no allegiance to him so, so is this a good move do you think I think there so. others I mean, who should be in line before him. Even though we don't know a lot about Boba Fett, he's always been one of those um, iconic images of Star Wars that people have ever since Jedi. You know, everybody's always you see Boba Fett, you know that you know who the character is, you know he's this bounty hunter. You don't know his backstory, but certainly you see Boba Fett, you know who that character is. Um, I, I think he's one that, and you see cosplay and all that stuff as well. I think he's of all the. Level B or level C characters, he is certainly one that I would be like, actually, I would like to know a bit more about it. And I would have previously probably been a little bit more on the fence about it, but haven't seen Solo. I'm thinking I really don't need to know Han Solo's backstory. Um, I'm actually a bit more open to finding out a bit more about these characters. And obviously you can see him before he has the helmet, find out who he is. You can play with that. You know, what do you do? I think it's it's one that I think is, has a lot of opportunity in. Do we know like his his race? Well, that's something else we don't know. Um, we, we also, we, I believe, do we assume Boba Fett's a man? I'm not the world's biggest doesn't, Star doesn't Wars really nerd, but have to be. I think he is, though. Yeah, I think he is. I think, I, I think the he's assumption a man. Is. He's the son of Jango but Fett, no, right? We, yeah, but we don't know. Yeah, you're right. Um, but we don't know what nationality what race he is so in the in in the original uh i think the actor playing him is of uh, maori de- mm. descent 
now you know that that may be tr- tricky these days. Um, I'll, I'll put it. I'll put this out there. And and again, I don't know. This this could be total bullshit. This is this is like a three year old rumor at okay. this point. Uh, but He's back, a three year old. Back when Josh Trank was supposedly directing this, yeah. and Simon Simon Kinberg were, was producing, and he yep. is still producing this. You know, he was Kinberg worked with Trank on Fantastic Four, but he also worked with Mangold on Logan. Mm. Um, so back then there was talk about Michael B. Jordan mm. as Boba Fett. Yeah. You know, they, they, uh, obviously they they have John Boyega, but I think that they were looking for another lead of color. Mm. Um, you know, a, a lot of these movies have had female leads, whether it's Daisy or Felicity or, you know, a- anyways, um, that was the rumor that it could be Michael B. Jordan. Now he just did Black Panther. Uh, yep. He has that Disney relationship. I don't know if, if they're. You know, now that he's in Marvel, are they eager to get him in, in a Lucas film, or is it really you know one or the other? I, I don't know, mm. um, but he he would be interesting. I you know who I'd love to see though is maybe Django Fett. It'd be cool to bring back Michael K. Williams because he was supposed to be in Solo. Good point, actually. You know, yeah, he, he was. was supposed to be that Paul Bettany character who yeah. you guys are all seeing this yeah, weekend, yeah. Dryden Voss, or uh, or if not Dryden Voss specifically, then a character in that mold. Like, mm. he may have had gone by another, a different name. Um, but, yeah, Michael K. Williams as, like, maybe the, the father of, you know, this badass bounty hunter and the father of Michael B. Jordan. That's kind of interesting. That would work. Me. I mean, a, a, a film that Jamie's saying in, in the chat, actually, that they gave Boba Fett a backstory in episode two, uh, we good. They did. Um, I didn't. But that, but I never saw uh, Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones. Those are the only two I haven't a, seen. An entirely fully stretched story. And to be honest with you, I think a lot of the stuff in the prequels that we were given can be redone, revisited, so, or reshaped. I guess so. I, lo- I love Rob Morgan and Mudbound. Yeah, you know him. Yep. Uh, like that guy. That guy would be really interesting as like a Django Fett because you can't use Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. You can't use Sam Jackson because mm-hmm. they've already been part of it. Yeah. And yesterday you lost a big one, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Morgan Freeman's not getting a job in Star Wars anytime New- soon. Uh, so, you know, it, it's like how many older veteran sort of uh, African-American actors are there? Um, it's, 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 there aren't that many. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, like that. Uh, well, you know, whether it's Boba Fett, Django Fett, I, I'm, I'm just curious about the whole, the whole endeavor, but uh, I think Mangold is a step in the right direction. I, I mean, certainly, absolutely. And I have to say, I know not everybody's loving Solo. It's, it's a film that I really enjoyed. I was not expecting a huge amount from, but I did really enjoy it. And if you want to go and see, you know, more, more on that, there's, there's the previous week's show. Um, but also, I think there's a lot of characters. I would be very open now, and this has been discussed, to having, you know, more Lando movies. I'll be open to more um, Han movies. Um, I think there's the opportunity, and this is something that William Bibiani uh, mentioned on Twitter. Um, I believe Knights of Ray. I think we can build some stories around those, those characters. And um, I mean, I think even there's the possibility, and now with Disney doing their streaming service, some of these movies don't necessarily get to the big screen, but they then become um, movies on their Disney streaming platform. So we could maybe see what happened with um, Ewoks after Return of the Jedi, but hopefully at a higher quality, where they did movies like Caravan of Courage. Um, uh, we can see things with droids. I mean, that would be... I don't see us having a standalone droids movie on the big screen. That would be interesting. But I think that would what be quite animated, fun for... A big screen animated adventure called Droids. Do you remember that, that terrible cartoon series, Droids, First of from all, the I, 80s? I don't, no, oh, I thought, I thought you were talking about a Star Wars thing. Because I don't know any of the extraneous Star Wars it stuff. Was, the it special was Bacri- C-3PO and R2-D2, and it was not great. But also, right. the Ewoks cartoon wasn't great, to be honest with you. It wasn't terrible. But what about... What about a Jawa movie? What about a Porgs movie? Utini! Porgs. Utini! Porgs could be the new minions. Porgs could be the new minions. Um, um, I'm just still waiting for the Jar Jar Binks backstory movie. Right. Said no one ever. Would it be called Jar Jar or would you call it Binks? Oh, jar. Just you have to jar. see Jar. And then you can see Jar Jar <laughs> and then find out where he gets the name Binks from. All right, let's move on from Star Wars. I'm I'm already getting a headache. Okay, cool. Um, Uh, Yeah, so uh, let's stay with Disney stuff, because obviously we're paid by Disney to say that Disney (laughs) movies are great. Don't fall over all my money that's next to the desk here, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, Incredibles 2, um, that's tracking uh, at the moment. And we all know that tracking can be a little bit, you know, unpredictable. Uh, It's tracking at the moment to be one of Pixar's biggest weekends. Um, To give you an idea of where that could sit, uh, they're looking at an opening weekend of around $110 I think it could do more more than that i really think we're looking at 125 possibly 130 do you think even higher than that yeah i think i could get to 140 150 everybody loved the incredibles yeah 
I mean, and a lot of people are really excited about this more than I thought would be excited yeah, about it. Well, it's, I think it's, it's quite because a of the figure. wait. Yeah, they made us really wait. They didn't just give us something, you know, a tossed off sequel two years later. So uh, I, th- I think this one. Listen, it's Brad Bird. Yeah, you know, he he he's earned our faith at this point. Um, so I would imagine that in, I'm going to put Incredibles two at one forty. I th- I think that's entirely doable. I would say one one thirty one forty five. So we're very much in the same same ballpark. Uh, and like you say, nobody likes a tossed off sequel two years later. Um, Plus, so what, what, what are the other like big animated movies this year? Well, like, I mean, there aren't any that really like spring to mind. It's a little bit thin. light on yeah. that. I'll be honest with you. Generally, a lot of the movies, the animated movies that get to, to movie theaters, um, I probably actually enjoy properly enjoy about twenty to thirty percent of them. A lot of them are kind of fodder that don't really sort of you know either cross my radar are all actually enjoyable but i don't have kids um so here's where that sits with um with, with the biggest openings for pixar finding dory which was uh two years ago was 135 million so that's at the top um toy story 3 was the next one down it's currently number two as 110.31 million so i i can see this matching dory or possibly beating dory again it's you know i think heroes. i think 110 is low right e- now. even back then superheroes we're not what they are now. No. So, do you remember the days <laughs> back when in the superheroes day? Superheroes weren't what they are now. Um, speaking of superheroes, yep, we got a, a few superhero-related bits. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah, Jakey, joining the Spider-Man universe as the villain in the Homecoming sequel. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he's going to be playing Mysterio. What? I thought I'd, I'd heard about this, and I thought it was going to be uh, Craven the Hunter. Uh, but Mysterio is almost kind of more interesting. Not that I really know much about either villain. <laughs> to I was be like, do you tell me about Craven <laughs> yes. Hunter and Mysterio? <laughs> tell me all you know about these men. Well, here, here's the thing: Mysterio yeah. is like a master of like disguise, right? Mm-hmm. He can change his appearance, that kind of thing. I think that that is very interesting to play with. Um, yeah, I've, I've just always liked, you know, not necessarily magic, but, you know, illusion, that kind of stuff. Um, or do you? Mm. Um, plus, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal, so this is what I think about this. He needs a hit. Yeah, he does. You guys, there's no bigger Jake Gyllenhaal fan than Still I. Still tells me that and this was wasn't a, a hit. This was a big uh, week for him because mm. he also had two trailers drop. He had Wildlife and the Sisters Brothers mm-hmm. trailers drop. Uh, plus, he's joining this. Again, needs a hit. And also, he's never really played a villain, has he? Not a like, villain, just like an out and out villain. Kind of, he's so, played kind of assholes, but he's never sure, played a villain. I, I, yeah, so yeah. I, I, I think that this could be interesting, and I, and I believe that Michael Keaton's Vulture is going to return in, so. in some capacity, whether yeah. it's you know a ten minute thing at the beginning or maybe he escapes from prison at some point in the movie. I have no idea. Mm. Uh, they did capture him though at the end. Of, the, of homecoming, right? They did. There was, he crashed on the beach. Um, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, man. Surprise! He's using his superhero eligibility on something like this, where it's not like his show. But I also get that you need a gar- you want a guaranteed hit. And Spider Man will, will yeah. do that. For I him. mean, for me, I think it, it'd be good. I mean, I would always see him. Uh- I know there was talk of him being Spider-Man um, or Spider-Man. Right, when, to- um, when Toby got when hurt. When Toby uh, got hurt. So I just, I you know, I'm, I'm not surprised that he's, he he's going with, there. with Spider-Man. Um, but, I mean, I, 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 I like Jake's range, and I would have really loved to have seen him join DC. I think he could have really added something. You think he could have been like Green Lantern or well, something? Well, Green Lantern, possibly like, on really the good wanna... side, but I think even on the other side, I think if they wanted him to be, I mean, I would not have entirely ruled him out as potentially a Joker because I think he could have brought something completely different to what other people have brought to the Joker. Joker's full, though. Yeah. He, he would make a good Joker, like Night, he... Nightcrawler-esque Joker. Yeah, and I'm Joker. not saying necessarily now. I think like... he would have. Um, being really good in it, but I mean, I think I, mean, I definitely, I think I would put him on the on the villain side of things rather than the superhero side of things. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I from what I know of Mysterio, um, I would genuinely like to see him do that. Jake I think has a darkness about really him. Hard. He does. Uh, that I think yeah. will make him a good as Spider-Man an actor, villain. not personally. He's one of the nicest but the, people. But on this the is earth. a franchise with really good villains, so you know you, you yep. have high standards. You've got Doc Ock and you've got the Vulture, but yep. I really like both of those guys. Doc so. Ock is still my favorite, and Green Goblin too. Villain. I mean, yeah, this is... yeah. I don't, I don't know if they would do Green Goblin again. No, no, no I just no, think no, they've no, done two that. Green Goblins. I think they should leave that yeah, no, guy as a are. villain. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, yeah, I'd be open. I don't know a lot about Craven Hunter, but definitely Mysterio. I could see. 
Definitely. Wonder Woman. Mm. You said that Warner Brothers is yeah. trying to come um, up with titles? A lot of people were, were, were saying um, this week that basically Warner Brothers have registered a load of domains, and this often happens with movies. Um, and whenever it does happen, people go like, oh my god, is this the new title for a movie? Happened a number of years ago with Gremlin sequels and stuff like that. So a load of um, a load of them were 80s focused, so it's like Wonder Woman 86, Wonder Woman 85, Wonder Woman and so on. Um, some of them were, were Wonder Woman, and then it had another word on the end, .com, so it was Wonder Woman Cheetah, uh, Wonder Woman lives uh wonder woman minerva wonder woman returns or wonder woman rises now a lot of these times what studios do if, you, if you're kind of not aware of this as a marketing thing they will basically buy up any domain that they think people would try to buy under them that will be circling around that'll be linked to the properties that they're going to be putting out their last year. I remember with spec to the last bond movie there was a, a james bond novel that was written after ian fleming died and suddenly someone, I think it was Sony, registered that as a potential title. So what studios do with these things is they basically buy a shitload of domains for like fucking 99 cents each or whatever. And they just sit on them. As they should. They because just I'll, I'll sit be on honest, them. Like, and, and I don't think Kroll and I ever did this. But I, mean, I swear to God, we discussed it back in the day at Variety. We would find out the titles to some of these movies and pretty the early. And, and yeah, it, yeah. it wasn't so much buying domains. It was like the Twitter handles. You know, if you can go get... Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom or you know Jurassic World 2 or whatever the hell the Twitter handle is it's like you're just waiting for a studio to maybe make make you a little offer well, we, yeah. we never actually did that ethically <laughs> it's it's a gray area um so Paul Blart 3 is still sitting there well uh, it, honestly it, it, you know what it is it is on these studios to to lock up these titles super mm-hmm. duper early which is yeah, why yeah. I got the whole you know I've told you the Daisy Ridley Twitter story right yeah yeah yeah, you know, but t- I mean, tell Disney, Disney didn't lock up Disney D- Daisy Ridley's Twitter handle when they announced her for Star Wars. So when I went to t- search for it when I when she got cast, I saw that she didn't have one, and I and I signed up for at Daisy Ridley, and and then I tweeted from her account, and the entire world media picked up on those tweets, thinking it was Daisy. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> that is hilarious. That is now hilarious. we have blue check marks. To, Although I'll be honest with you, things like that. Whenever I look at you, I always think. Looks like Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. Never yes. see you in the same room together because um, of a straining order. So, did any of the domains for Wonder, Brother, for Wonder Woman two come out? Or uh, yeah, there's basically a list of them. I mean, Slash, Slash Film is one of the sites that I saw was this there, on. Did, was there I one mean, you had a favorite for? I, to be honest with you, n- n- no. Um, I mean, I, I think Wonder Woman Returns or Wonder Woman Lives is probably the better, but Wonder Woman hasn't died. Yeah. So I'm kind of like that one would probably be out the window. I'm not sure what Minerva these is. Sort of red herrings, though. Like, couldn't no. they just bought a whole bunch of things? Yeah, made, and then they, made it obvious that they, they bought them, and, and then they, off, go they with often do else. to yeah. throw people off exactly. the scent. That also happens as well. But I mean, I of all of those, Wonder Woman Rises, I think for me would probably be the one that I think is the best one. But I don't think any of Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman Rises. They did that I with Dark Knight. Yeah, well, I, I think they need something. Well, I mean, it's set during the Cold Wonder Woman. War. Fuck so, yeah. so, like, will it? <laughs> Yaz Fuck Queen. Yaz Queen. <laughs> Wonder Woman, Yaz Queen. Oh, we're never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> Things you never thought you'd see it, on the, 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 the movie. Show. The movie's Cold War related. I yeah. wonder if it'll be like Red Scare or something like Could that. Be. Or, I don't know. Maybe they'll reference like Time's Up and Me Too or something. Like, Wonder Woman, Time's Up. Wonder Woman. Buys Wonder Woman's times yeah. up. Yeah, who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, they often do do this. But sometimes, you know, it does give you a give you an idea, and also you can change the names and stuff like that. And you can make alterations. So, but these are out there. So, I mean, realistically, do I think any of these are going to be? Do I think is going to be Wonder Woman eighty five? No. If I saw something Wonder Woman eighty five, I'm like, hello, that's a troll. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it'll be any of these, but Warner Brothers have registered them, and everybody was kind of like, oh, is this what the title's going to be? Ooh. I would put. Probably 30% likelihood of that being actually true, 70% of that being Warner just covering their ass, which they are right to do. Do you remember when uh, someone registered sex.com? No. One of the first websites to be registered sex.com. And for like 10 or 15 years, the porn industry were trying to buy sex.com mm-hmm. off this guy who registered it, had a savvy idea, made him a multimillionaire. Yeah, that's, uh, that's all it takes these days. Yeah. Um... It's like even even if you like know like a big celebrity who who has not like been or if you like let's say Daisy Ridley mm. and 
you know, Daisy Ridley's a nobody, and she doesn't have her own website. Yeah. You could go get www.daisyridley.com and then wait for her to become this big star and wait for her to, to you know, offer you, make, a, make you a big offer. That's I'm waiting for Steven Spielberg to buy Facebook.com slash Spielberg off me. I own it. <laughs> own it. <laughs> Very loose. Own it. Um, I, I think if you tried to not sell it, Steven Spielberg might own you. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, just like, take that shit. I don't think he cares. Um, no, he probably <laughs> like, doesn't. Oh, would Jeff be okay with this? Hmm. I don't think Spielberg's sitting in an office saying that. Couple of sequels yeah. and spinoffs okay. and whatnot got castings uh, this did. week. Let's talk about those. Liam Neeson mm. joining the Men in Black spinoff. Did you see that news? I did see that. Yeah, he's going to be heading like the UK agency. He's got a very particular set of skills. Indeed. Mm. Um... I like this. I think Liam Neeson is, is funnier than we give him credit for. Uh, it didn't really work out for him in that Seth MacFarlane movie, A Million Ways to Die in the West. But, but did you see the stuff that he did with um, Ricky Gervais? Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, when he's doing the comedy theme, he's like, yes. I have AIDS. That's, <laughs> well, that is just one of the most painful but also hilarious things I, I've I seen. I think that he is the perfect blend of like action and, and comedy. Uh, yeah. For this Men in Black spinoff again, I, I don't know who he's going to be overseeing because uh, at this point it's just Hemsworth and, and Tessa, right? Yes, absolutely. And th- they wouldn't be in the UK uh, agency. For me, I think Liam Neeson is very much like a Harrison Ford character. He can do a very dry and wry comedy level stuff. I mean, obviously we saw it in Homicide, Hollywood Homicide, that didn't exactly work for him. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I don't think terrible. Harrison Ford's too but funny. But I think, but no, but I think Liam Neeson, he does have this this comedic timing, but that kind of ha- that kind of Harrison Ford delivery of being like, I'm a bit of a curmudgeon, like a Tommy Lee Jones style thing, I think is, is Man good. Man Black has it's always good been choice. good uh, with, with, you know, Getting getting those. Well, like, was I don't want to say one. character actors, but like guys like Tony Shalhoub and Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah, yeah. like they've always had an eye for for that kind of casting. But even Brolin in Men in Black Three. I mean, he was not particularly yeah. known for his comedic work, right? And, and that was, was really the start of was, him getting all these sort yeah, of big yeah. blockbuster projects. So I think that's really good. I'm I'm looking for. I like the Men in Black movies. I really do enjoy them, and I'm really looking forward to this new version. More so, I think I said this the other week. Um, more so than what would have been the crossover between um, this and Jump Street. But Jay Ryan mm. casts as adult Ben in it too. I have never heard of this guy. No. Nope. He's uh, just got a job at Collider. Are, I'm kidding. Are you surprised that, that it's some like studly guy though? Like that was always the joke. Like you know, yeah. wait for the fat kid Ben to like become Chris Pratt or somebody in in it too. Uh, I know you Chris know, Pratt's unbelievably <laughs> busy right now. Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, Krill had a, a, just a funny tweet where just people like you know people who are complaining about these castings because they've never heard of these people. Like, mm. what were we expecting? An entire cast full of like. Major stars, you don't need that. You know, it just made seven hundred million dollars yeah. worldwide, and it didn't have any stars. It could cast unknowns again, right? And it, it exactly. Would have sold so tickets. now that they have a, a bit of star power with Chastain and McAvoy and Bill Hader, you know, why do they need to fill it out with with uh, an A list ensemble? Um, the mo- the sequel's going to sell itself. So. Yeah, congrats oh, to Jay, to Jay Ryan. I'm sure he's excited, but people I, are literally, literally waiting to click as soon as that goes live on like Fandango or whatever. Um, what else have you got? Uh, Idris Elba. Yeah. Joining the Hunchback of Notre Dame. He's going to direct and star in this, isn't mm. he? He is. Uh, and it's a musical for Netflix. Right. So <laughs> so let's unbox that. Let, let's, let's unbox, unbox it. Because I have okay. a lot to say. You go first. Though, no, Simon. you go first because you have a lot to say. I think it's ridiculous. I do think. Here, here's the thing. I saw one line in this that made me laugh and, and dismiss this entire project. Mm. It's that Idris Elba is going to be doing the music. You know, because he's a DJ. Big Driss. Oh, my Big God. Big Driss. I, 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 I watched some shit movie with him. It was like him and Richard Madden. It was like what the hell? I'm forgetting what it was called. It was like Arbor Day or one, whatever. The, oh yeah, what is, yeah, what the fuck yeah, was yeah. It? No, no, I know Bastille Day. Yeah, Bastille Day. Yeah, okay? it was called something else in and, the and UK. The, so yeah. I'm like watching this movie, and it's like a little tossed off action thing. And then at the very end, over the credits, you hear like Idris Elba performing like a rap song or something. It was terrible. It was awful. Idris Elba needs to give up his his night gig as a DJ. I think he sucks, and I think that it could potentially tank Hunchback of Notre Dame. Big Driss is very popular as a DJ. He gets a lot of money he'd, from clubbing. I, and I actually think he'd make an interesting Hunchback. I could see Just, that. Really? But why does he need to direct it, and why do we need his music in it? I actually, That's a bad idea. I actually like Idris as a director. I don't think he's found his feet entirely, but I think he has a lot of potential. What has he done besides Yardy? Oh, he did the, um, uh, the, the oh God, the thing for Netflix, Queen of the... I think he was nominated for awards a couple of years ago. It's the first thing he directed. Really? Yeah. Um, I've completely forgotten what it was. Um, 
But yes, yeah, so I didn't see a Toronto, and I, I heard good things about Yardy. But still, I don't, I don't, I'm just like I'm always wary of when actors I start I directing. Put Idris as, as Quasimodo, though. I I would put him as the as the villain, as the the guy that threatens. And, and, and maybe that is the plan. I guess we don't have confirmation that he's definitely playing the hunchback. <laughs> you, but... We don't we don't have a hunch. <laughs> Just, I'm not a fan of the Hunchback of Notre Dame story. I Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre who gives a shit. You, I don't. I say Notre Dame. You are wrong. Schlamazel. Schlamazel. Schmizzle, schmuzzle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, it's I, I mean, I saw this and I, I, get, I thought it was something from The Onion. I was a little bit surprised. If you had said, give me, write down 10 projects that you think Idris Elba would want to do if Idris Elba was having a to-do list, a musical version of The oh, Hunchback gosh. of Notre Dame would, be real, real would not down. have made that top ten. No. Uh, but now, tickle me intrigued, because I'm quite interested to see Listen, what's going to th- happen. This is a guy who is looking for an opportunity to to expand his directorial repertoire. You know, he's not going to get this kind of money from a studio to go out and make a Hunchback of Notre Dame movie. Notre Dame so so netflix gives him the opportunity i understand why he would jump why he would jump at that yeah um what else what else do we got here oh speaking of netflix Mm -hmm. this was big now this is i thought it was a game changer other people were like absolutely not who cares uh netflix picking up six underground the michael Michael bay Bay ryan reynolds movie this is budgeted at 150 million dollars which would make it the biggest netflix production of all time beating out bright um i think that this is a big deal you? It is a big deal, yeah. It's a big deal because Michael Bay is a real director who can get real money from real studios. So the fact that he's going over to Netflix to mm. make a $150 million action movie with the star of Deadpool, who, you know, right? you can say, say what you will about Ryan Reynolds, maybe he doesn't sell outside of Deadpool, um, but now he doesn't have to worry about that, you know, because yeah. it's Netflix. Uh, and the idea that they have, like, an event-sized Michael Bay movie coming... That's that's big. That's different than David Ayer doing Bright. Sorry, yeah. I know Will Smith and, and Ryan oh, Reynolds agree. are different too. I agree, but, uh, but yeah, my, that, that's a, that's a great get for Netflix, and it'll be interesting to see Michael Bay what Michael Bay cooks, so, cooks up. For so them. now Netflix have two. I mean, whether you like Bay or not, you have two major international directors. You've got Scorsese, and you've yeah, got yeah, Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think this is you know one. Is an anomaly. Easy for me to say. It's an anomaly. Still the biggest production that they have. And then you've got Michael Bay. But this is now looks like it's actually going to be the most expensive production for them. That's what's being reported this week. So if it's if they've got two major directors, more expensive than the Irishman. Apparently, it's going to be their most expensive production. I I don't know how much whether Netflix is footing the entire bill for the Irishman. That is true. That is true. But I think now you see if you just have Scorsese, that's an anomaly. That's a one-off. Then if you have Bay, that's two. You need and and then you've got a trend. And then it becomes exactly. a normal thing. So I think it's very shrewd for Netflix to do that because, and no disrespect to the likes of, you know, David Ayer or, you know, I mean, it wasn't made for Netflix. Was it made for Netflix? The one that um, Duncan uh, Duncan Jones yeah, did. Yeah. yeah, that was he's made not, for Netflix. He's not but he's, again, these are well-known directors, but they're not up there with, you know, the, the Bays and the Scorsese's. Um, so I think, you know, I think it's, it's starting to show, and Netflix have talked a lot about investing a lot of money in these products, and we can see I just, where they're putting it. But I, just, I just don't think it's good. I want to see a return to classic Bay of, like, Bad Boys mm. and The Rock yeah. and that kind of shit, because, uh, yeah, you know, the Great. last mo- few movies haven't been good. I liked 13 Hours. I didn't really care for Pain and Gain. No, um, I didn't. I know a lot of people did, but it wasn't really my thing. But yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what this brings. And, and uh, I'm curious, you know, basically how, like, what, what does a Ryan Reynolds action movie look like these days without all the sarcasm heaps, you know, heaps of sarcasm on top of it? Uh-huh. Well, there's also nothing to say. And we, we've seen this with Cloverfield, obviously, where that went from big screen to Netflix. And now we know Cloverfield is, the, the universe is going to continue on the big screen. There's nothing to say that now we can't start to see this thing where, if Bay starts to create the next Bad Boys kind of movie and then move it from Netflix to the big screen, that also gives Netflix the in that they're looking for 
into that theatrical market. So this could be a long-game strategy for Netflix yeah, we'll as see. far as that goes. Um, but also talking about Bay, oh, I know this is something you got very upset about this week. Mm. Transformers 7 got pulled from the That's schedule. That's right. Oh, good segue. King of the Segways you. right there. You're going to miss this. Yeah, no. Uh, well, th- there's not even a <laughs> Transformers honest, 6. I, I guess, is that Bumblebee? Is I that... don't know. I guess, I kind of guess. I mean, Transformers 7 was due to come out uh, June 2019, which is like next year. So I'm. I mean, Bumblebee is a completely separate entity, but I'm guessing that that would be the Transformers or the sixth Transformers movie. But yeah, I don't. I don't. Just the Transformers bubble, I think, has burst, and I think if Bumblebee is a success, that is the route they're going to go down because Transformers as is. And I was thinking this just the other day again to to go back to Universal, how the ride that they've got at at Universal, which is fine, I think they could do a lot more with that than having as a as a Transformers ride. I think Transformers the movies kind of need to, to to move on and either i mean bumblebee's a success it gives it a bit more longevity but turning that into something like a ready player one or a or a james bond or something like that you could really sort of switch that up and perhaps if transformers as a franchise is is down a little bit i think do that but i'm just i didn't even watch the last Good. one it's, it's on amazon prime at the moment and Good i might watch it this weekend but i'm not sad to see and i love the original transformers movie i really enjoyed that but I've just I'm over over it yeah over it now. Good riddance to that one. Yes. Uh, and speaking of uh, movies with Mark Wahlberg being pulled off the schedule, what six billion dollar man? So Mark Wahlberg's been pulled off twice this week. Yeah, look at that. Uh, that got bumped to 2020, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, after losing its director a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so they are still looking for a director. Uh, meanwhile, um, uh, Mike Flanagan confirmed for Doctor Sleep, which is the sequel to The Shining, and yep. that was also dated for 2020. I'm. I haven't seen the sequel, uh, the, the Shining, in so long. My wife is away this weekend. I intend over the next three days to watch it. To watch to watch it again, but to watch so many movies that I've had just sitting by my TV that I I want to rewatch or I haven't watched, and I'm just gonna binge. I'm gonna go out and have a couple of beers. I'm gonna put my pants on at least once this weekend, but I'm just gonna watch movies. I'm gonna buy now, some some snacks. Have you seen the Dirty Dozen? God, not for decades. I, I I watched it for the first time this no week. No spoilers. I'm trying to I'm trying to go back and watch some of those. Like I want to see Papillon. There was that trailer this week. Yes. Yeah, I've never seen the original. I'm, go- I'm actually going back and watching a lot of classic movies that I either haven't seen. I'm filling in holes in my 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 film. Fill knowledge. those holes, big guy. Fill those holes. Um, but I watched Logan's Run for the first oh, time. Okay, I don't even think um, I've seen that. It's oh my. God, people say that things like Top Gun are homoerotic. Logan's Run <laughs> is one of the campest and gayest things I've seen for quite a while. It's a genius movie. It's terrible in many, many ways. But it is it is really homoerotic. But it's genius. And it's brilliantly camp. And I know why it's so influential as a sci-fi movie. You should watch Logan's Run. It's as terrible as I'll, it is I'll, genius. I'll wait for the remake. So there you go. Uh, but are you excited for a Shining sequel? Uh, yeah, I am kind of psyched, I don't, actually. I don't think we need one. I don't, I don't, I don't care about what happens one, to Danny I'm kinda, or I'm any of that shit. I'm kind of psyched, so. but we'll see. I, just don't, I never very, read Doctor Sleep. My thing is I just don't... I'm Just because I love The Shining so much, I'm very... I'm always concerned when there's a, a movie that is a classic like that and you try to either do a remake or a sequel. You know, it's difficult to follow up something that's a classic, but I don't know. I'm open to it. I'm open to it, you know. Um, Outlander stars Sam Hewen, uh, Isaac Gonzalez from Baby Driver, and Michael Sheen joined Bloodshot, uh, yeah. the Vin Diesel movie. I got a bad feeling about this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this character doesn't really do anything for me. It's, uh, you know, a valiant comics character. It's just it all just screams so B level, like you know Sony trying to compete in the superhero universe, and no, that doesn't do it for me. And Having what, said that, with, with Vin Diesel, that movie opened at like seventeen million. That is, yeah. I mean, I that is, I agree with you. However, there's also what I call the Guardians of the Galaxy factor, where when they assembled the cast for Guardians of the Galaxy, I thought, I mean, I thought the idea of the film was terrible, and it turns out to be one of my best Marvel. You know, one of my favorite Marvel movies of the, of the whole lot. But I was wrong with that. I thought the cast they assembled for that well, I was like, who cares? Who's going to go and see that? I think. Yeah, but that was part of the MCU. It's to- totally, totally, totally different. It is different, but I wouldn't entirely discount it purely on the cast. Did you know, Simon, that I- I'm not 
dismissing it purely on the cast. It's, it's, it's also on the property itself and the studio. No, I, th- I think, yeah, I think, like I say, your argument's fair, but I, you know, I have a counterpoint. Yeah. Uh, Did I know? This show yes. launched the day that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy came out. I, and yeah. I, in fact, was, I think I was wearing this for my first show. Meet the really? Movie Press. Yeah. Go back and check it out. Wow. Um... What else? LeBron James mm. and Channing Tatum uh, teaming up to produce a uh, public enemy pitch. Yep. Uh, the, the idea of these guys producing together doesn't do much for me, but I'd like to see them in a star vehicle. Okay. Channing Tatum and LeBron James. Well, like that... one of the buses that go around Hollywood going, Michael Jackson used to live here. No. no. That was a good joke, though. It took me a second you. to pick up on that. <laughs> I could tell that you I liked it by the, it. the general hilarity that ensued. Uh, Blumhouse picked up a Tommy Workola project called Intruders. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you like Tommy uh, Workola? Yeah, I never saw Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, but uh, not, I, a, not a great movie. Stuff. Not a great uh, movie, but uh, Michelle Williams joining. That wasn't entirely his fault. Joining this is Jane. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I don't know if she's replacing Elizabeth Moss. I don't know if that movie had talent attached or not. Elizabeth Moss just booked a whole bunch of movies including jordan jordan peele's next movie yeah i think i'd heard that it was elizabeth moss for this but now it's gonna be michelle williams um it sounds like that luca guadagnino movie rio that she was gonna do with benedict cumberbatch and jake gyllenhaal i feel oh, like that God, has yeah. fallen apart yeah yeah i remember that. um so so her schedule sort of opened up maybe a little bit uh rebel wilson joining taika watiti's movie jojo rabbit mm. um, rebel wilson needs a hit Rebel Wilson needs well, she, something. She could she could stand to show that she's something other else. than. And I think she someone something kind of slightly different. But I think unfortunately Rebel Wilson has been cast as and you know she's not the only woman to fall into this trap and men have fallen into it true as the as the as the fat friend as the comedy right. chubby person. Um, which is fine, and she does that really, really well. I genuinely enjoyed her as Fat Amy, apart from in the, the third Pitch Perfect movie. However, it's really interesting to see, and Melissa McCarthy is another one who, for many years, was like, ha-ha, I'm a bit plus size, so I'll be the funny, chubby friend. Right. Now there's a movie coming out with Melissa later in the year where, Can she you does, ever forgive me? where she does drama. I would actually like to see, as much as I enjoy Rebel Wilson doing this, I think she's more than that. I genuinely you're, believe you're that You're 100% as an actor, correct. She needs to she show us another more. side of herself, do a drama, do something a little bit different. Or do it where her... Her size doesn't dictate her character, mm-hmm. where her size is and her shape, her form is completely irrelevant because she's more. Well, I thought she was going to do the Private Benjamin remake at one yeah, point. Yes, so did I. And I, I think that, that I don't know what happened while to that, that is a comedy, there, there's enough emotional heft there yeah. and, and, you know, to that character's journey um, where it could be really interesting for her. But yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think she does need something. I think she's like underselling that. herself a little bit. And I just think, you know, so she can see, be seen as, as something other than a woman that's not stick thin. She, you know, she's better than that. Did you see the Show Dogs controversy? Did you read about I that this did. week? I did. I was unaware of it. What did you think it? of that? Well, I mean, I. Of course we're unaware of it. What do you think we saw it? I haven't seen Show Dogs. I, a PR rang me and went, oh, we, we've got a thing on the controversy of Show Dogs. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen Show Dogs. And they went, oh, there's apparently, I haven't seen the movie, but it's being re-edited for audiences for this weekend, where there is a dog that has to, as part of the plot, as a MacGuffin. Genitals are inspected, as yeah. part, which is part so, of every dog show. Yeah, and it's just joke. And then someone has said that, obviously, it's about inappropriate touching, and they build this thing. I, I actually, I was, it, was brought to my, uh, it was brought to my attention by someone who works here, but they linked to a website that was run by Kurt Cameron. Mm-hmm. So it was coming from a slightly okay. pu- pure, super pure point of view. But I haven't seen the movie. If that is the case, I don't entirely think touching genitals is... As a mechanic, is something that belongs in a family movie. God knows, I'm no, I'm I'm a very liberal person. I just think if it's a family film, you shouldn't have things in it about genital touching, whether it's animals or whatever. I just don't think that's entirely. So good. At, at first, when I saw these headlines, I, I was kind of like, "Oh, you've got to be kidding me! Like, we're gonna recut this movie for like for, because of all the shit yeah. that's been going on. Like, really? Like, can't kids just enjoy things? Like, why why do adults need to put their like?" negative connotation to things but after reading mm. more about it and and you know reading some of the quotes from the experts i can see the argument how yeah, it, it does I kind agree. of groom children for sexual abuse where you know the, i agree the, the i guess the the judges in the competition are telling the dog just go to a zen place like to, you know pretend that you're not here while we're touching you and that is how child abusers groom groom people and so yeah you know kudos to global road for for doing what it takes and and 
pulling the movie out of theaters and, yep. and recutting it, cutting that agree. joke or that scene, whatever it may be. Apparently, you know, his genitals get touched a few times in the movie. I don't, I don't know why that is so hilarious, but I haven't been to one of these Talking Animals Kids movies in a long time. But the thing is, I mean, I get, I mean, when I was a kid, there was so much stuff that I used to laugh at as a kid in movies. And now I look at it, I'm going like, oh, that's not really suitable for a for a family movie. But no, I mean, I, I 100% agree. I haven't seen Show Dogs, but if that is the thing that, that's happening, which it seems to be, um, I don't, that's not appropriate for a kid's movie at all. And God knows I'm no prude. But I, I 100% agree with the argument, and I 100% agree with your point. Also not appropriate for children, Harvey Weinstein, who surrendered to police oh, wow, today, yeah. apparently pleading not guilty uh, to, to felony rape charges. Mm. Um, yeah, I hope they throw the book at him. Well, this is something that we discussed when, when the Harvey Weinstein um, allegations first came to light. And whatever your feeling is this, these are allegations. But now I said that what ha- what has to happen is rather than people making allegations is the fact that Unless it does become something that is prosecutable, a legal thing, nothing really changes. Right. So So it's really good to see that this is moving into the next phase and it does become something that becomes a a legal procedure. It shows shows everybody that that there's real consequences. That this is not just, well, you're going to be shunned by your adoring public and and that's enough punishment for you. There's real legal legal consequences. Yeah, but from two points of view, I think certainly from the victim point of view is the fact that if you do come forward that, yes, Sometimes there are false allegations. However, it means that if you're a victim, you can come forward and people will listen to you. But also, if you are someone that is doing this kind of thing, don't think that you're now you're not going to get away it, with it. That right? you're going to get away with it because it will catch up with you. Right. And, and the DA's uh, offices in, in LA and New York and yeah. a couple other places have declined to prosecute certain things. But uh, you know, I, I think they got him, and, and, and I'm not surprised he pled not guilty. Um, and I'm not surprised he didn't flee. A lot of people thought he was going to flee and become the next Roman Polanski. Like, I'm not saying I know Harvey Weinstein, but I've dealt with him a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, this is a guy who doesn't think he did anything wrong. That's why he didn't flee. There's no reason to flee. I didn't do anything wrong. That's why he's pled not guilty. I have yet to meet an abuser who thinks they did something wrong. You know, I, I hope that... Uh, the, the way Harvey was raised, I, I thought he would have faced the music and, and mm. done some kind of a plea bargain. Um, I expected a plea bargain. I mean, he came from a nice Jewish family, uh, and and somewhere you know along his his rise to power, uh, you know something got something went corrupt. Um, so yeah, I hope he gets everything that he deserves. Uh, speaking of things that we deserve, Star Trek Land. Yes, all those Star Trek fans—they deserve a land of their own. Since Star Wars is getting its land, and now here's Universal to the rescue, potentially. Yes, exactly. I mean, obviously, we know that Star Wars Land is going to open uh, in uh, uh, Los Angeles, uh, uh, Disney, and Anaheim uh, next uh, summer, and then later in the year in Orlando. These are going to be new theme parks entirely. You've probably seen a million stories about it, but basically, a lot of people for many, many years have been saying, "Why don't we get something more for Star Trek?" And there have been attractions and theme park rides and stuff over the years, but they've all kind of sort of died or disappeared or certainly become far less in number so the plan is now apparently this is something that's been rumored for quite a while is that uh universal are looking at opening a star trek themed an entire theme park in orlando now the thing is that they could do this in orlando because they have much more land over there the land in in la is very restrictive so i could see potentially going back to my comments on the transformers ride that could be rethemed potentially um, as a Star Trek ride. Um, I know they're updating the Jurassic um, Park to be a Jurassic World ride at the moment. But this would make perfect sense for me. My The thing is, and I think Star Wars is far more popular than Star Trek, generally speaking, and I think possibly more lucrative. So I don't know if an entire theme park around Star Trek would work. I don't know. I, how I, I don't care. I would go. I would enjoy that. I don't, I like I don't Star care Trek. about rides. Uh, let me know when they can literally beam me from one place to another. I would go to this. I think it's a good idea. You would, you would go to anything. You go to fucking mazes, all the mazes at Halloween Horror Nights. I do many, many times every year. I just went I to Six Flags. I, I went, I I went w- to Six Flags on Monday. I had a great time. I went to Knott's Farm uh, on, uh, just last weekend. It was great. 
Wonderful. I love theme parks. Um, is okay. there anything else on your list? Uh, yeah. Do you yeah. want to do box office? Uh, yeah, let's look at box office for the week. We've got, we got about 10 minutes left on the show. Okay, cool. Uh, so Solo uh, comes out this weekend. Might have heard of this. Uh, Solo, a Star Wars uh, story. Uh, it's looking at last night previews. It opened at 14.1 million. It opened a couple of days before the US in, in other markets. 14.1 million in previews here domestically uh, on Thursday night. Looking at a weekend of about 130 to 150. Currently sitting about 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it'll be interesting to see the audience engagement on that. I don't entirely put a huge amount of investment in in what the percentage score is in Rotten Tomatoes, but I know some people do. So let's let's try to frame this for the other spin-off Star Wars movie, because this is the second one. First one was Rogue One um, two years ago. Uh, that opened with 155 million, um, went on to do uh, 532 million domestic, uh, globally just over a billion. Um, I think that Solo could actually... Take, I think it's going to be more towards 150 than the 130, um, because I think, I mean, personally, it's a film that I really enjoyed. I think people who are a little bit skeptical or on the fence might take a chance or be convinced to go and see it. So that there's a kind of a grey area that could swing that. And if you compare it to last year, um, the Memorial Day weekend, because it's a it's a holiday here in the US on Monday, uh, that opened last year with 139.8. So around the 140 mark is kind of about right. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I think it's going to be more towards the, the 150, but we'll see. The uh, the top five uh, this weekend is looking uh, solo is going to come in on, on top. Deadpool, Deadpool 2 is likely to be second with 50 to 60. Um, obviously, the opening weekend was uh, was a little bit lower than people were expecting. It didn't quite meet the original Deadpool. Uh, Infinity War is going to take uh, third place with 20 million. Book Club is still holding strong with sort of 10 to 12 million this weekend. Yeah, Book Club. And then it's looking like uh, Life of the Party is, is going to be uh, the film that's going to come in at fifth. There's a couple what of movies that could come May. in. Slim May. Slim Yeah, but really, be a lot better, folks. Solo is, is going to be the only one that's really going to do massive bank this weekend by by quite okay. some margin uh was there anything else that you wanted to discuss anything i else think i'm list? done actually um you i just spent... want to talk about some some movies and trailers i saw three movies this week okay. I, I watched fahrenheit 451 did you watch that uh, i did what'd you think I, i'm interested i i want to see that i know the reviews for that haven't been great wait did you see the movie or oh, not I haven't, no i haven't seen the movie oh no. it's available on hbo oh, cool. Uh, I didn't like the first 20 minutes. I okay. thought it got off to a, a rocky start, and I wasn't sure that Michael B. was the right guy for this. Right. Like, I, I don't really... I mean, he's a great villain in Black Panther, but um, it's something about Michael B. In, in the first, at the beginning of Fahrenheit 451 really rubbed me the wrong way, uh, but it recovered, and, and, I, and I liked it in the end. Um, I watched the Jim Carrey movie, Dark Crimes. Okay. That was the worst thing I've seen all year. I did see that wow. you were not a fan of that. Holy shit. The last, the last like, minute of the movie kind of like introduces an, in, an intriguing twist, but uh, man, what a slog to get there. That was bad. And I watched 1517 to Paris, which I actually liked more than the reviews. I totally understand. There's a lot of just guys on a travelogue and getting gelato and a lot of time wasted and stuff. But something about the fact that these guys had trained for this moment their whole lives yeah. and, and then the mo- you know didn't think that that they were going to find the moment and then yeah. the moment found them and that they were like the perfect people in position to be these heroes. There was something that I, that I liked about it again, not great, but better than the reviews indicated. I thought, um, did you have any favorite trailers this week? It's funny. You should mention that Jeff. Uh, I don't know if you saw the, uh, the trailer for uh, black water this week. Starring, uh, I actually did not watch that one, but finally, I know this is right up your alley. Reunited, uh, Dolph Lundgren and Jean Claude Van Damme uh, together, finally for the first time in a long time. Uh, it's basically an under siege ripoff. See, when I see I these love kinds these of things, ma- oh, I love them. I know you do. I when I see them. these things, I wonder, like, who are they making this for? Me. And and it's you. It's me. Yeah, it's me. There's not a lot of these movies that sort of go, you know, straight to VOD that are actually, um, uh, that I really go in for. I kind of, you know, I don't have a lot of time. Mm, and so, so I don't really have time to sort of watch them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this is one that I'm, I'm, I'm. He's going to make the time. I'm going to do it. Well, with this his wife out of town. An escape plan too. Uh, escape plan too. Uh, seriously. Uh, I'm going to Speaking of VOD that trailers that I was interesting was uh, Billy Boy, there, which I'd never heard of before, you know, yesterday. And I watched the trailer. It's with, uh, Blake Jenner from American Animals, which is mm. also coming out very soon. You should definitely see. But uh, Billy Boy looked interesting. There was the Sisters Brothers yep. and Wildlife, both with Jake Gyllenhaal. Sisters Brothers looked pretty cool. I mean, that's a great cast. Joaquin and Riz Ahmed and uh, John C. Riley, who got top billing. 
which I thought was interesting. Uh, Damsel, there was a trailer for that. Robert Pattinson, Mowgli. Did you see that trailer? I did. What did you think of that? Uh, I I was a little bit nervous about this, but I'm. It's a little bit closer to Jungle Book than I thought it was going to be. Um, I'm really. I'm I'm pretty excited. It looks a bit about darker this. though. I'm, I'm it down does to see look it. Darker. The Jungle Book's a great story. I was just a bit disappointed that Andy's last um, directorial movie didn't do. Breathe is not an amazing movie, but I think it deserved more attention than it actually yeah, got. That thing um, went. That just did not do anything at all. Um, but um, I do. I, I I I am I'm very interested in this. I'm not entirely sure it's going to be a massive hit. Right. However, well, I, I am intrigued just to see it. Saw it a couple of years ago. City of Lies had a trailer with Johnny Depp. Yes. That's like the the Biggie and Tupac thing, which I also feel is a little played out. But I'm, not, yeah. I'm willing to give it a chance because yeah. I didn't love the unsolved thing. Uh, was Black Klansman this week or was that last week? Black uh, that Klansman, was last week. Mile Twenty Two, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, know, all last week. Yeah. Happy Time Murders was this week though, right? That was that, that looked hilarious. I showed that trailer to multiple people. It's so incredibly wrong. I, was, so I incredibly love that it's wrong. Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. If this is, had been Jamie Foxx, it would have been all wrong. Um, yeah, we got other trailers for Hotel, Hotel Artemis, Skyscraper, Sicario 2, A Simple Favor. I, I didn't watch the last Skyscraper trailer, but I, I'm told not to. I've heard it gives a lot away. Yeah, so I've seen the one. I know what I'm going to get when I go in there and see it, and I'm going to go and see it anyway. Um, I'm... I kind of I've stopped genuinely stopped watching sort of these last run trailers the ones right, before yeah, the movie well, come out exactly I see there's, one teaser trailer I'm done there's yeah there's kind of a trend at the moment to put too much in some of the later trailers and I just I want I don't want to go in there knowing too much about all the movies I need to know what it's about that kind of thing but I don't want those dynamic moments, the ones the filmmaker is most proud of, to be spoiled. I want that full impact on the big screen to decide. I completely agree. Uh, I will say I listened to the Rewatchables episode on the social network. That was pretty good. Okay. Uh, I don't know when the last time you rewatched that movie was, but uh, I, I recommend it. And I also I showed Stephanie... My darling Stephanie who's listening to the show right Hello, now. Hello, Stephanie. Uh, training Day for the first time this week. Uh, because they're, the Rewatchables next episode, they had a vote uh, to, to, for the audience to pick the, uh, a Denzel movie. Training Day beat out Man on Fire, Crimson Tide, and Remember the Titans. Training Day is a great movie. So, yeah. That is Curtain a great movie. Is the best. Man, man on I Fire, fucking love that I movie. really love as well. That's one of the few movies I that's actually it. made my wife cry. Man on Fire? Man on Fire. At the yeah. end, she cried. Um, I think it's because she liked it. All right, Simon. I think I think that is going to do it for me. I mean, I have my, oh. my big ending plan, but uh, where can the good folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Showbiz Simon, and you can see my work on Forbes. You can see it via Reuters. You can see it on E News. Loads of places. Anything Loads else you want to plug? Uh, well, I'm in the. Ne- I don't know when it is, but in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to do um, a Facebook Live for the Telegraph newspaper in the UK with the cast and crew of Book Club. Um, which oh, okay. I'm very much looking forward to. They're going to fall in love. Very honored to do They're that. going to fall in um, love with you. They'll, yeah. they'll be fighting over you. Um, I'm leaving the show in good hands. Uh, I am excited to see who you decide uh, will be your permanent co-host. You know I'm going to be in that chair, right? You I, say good hands. I don't know. You're, you're going to be in this chair. I'm going to so, see a different side of you. Certainly some of the safest hands in Hollywood. Yes. Uh, and starting June 4th, I will be the Collider News Director. I'll be over there trying to break some stuff. Uh, oh, sure you'll, you'll see me stuff. on camera, uh, in, in print, all that stuff. Uh, tonight I head back to Boston for my brother's wedding. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations to Jordan and Lauren. That, uh, I think, is going to do it. I'm going to leave you with these parting words. Is there anything? A couple of messages. What? Uh, sweaty Spidey. Uh, shout out to Jeff for being on the show all these years. Gonna four miss years, you. guys. Almost four, four years. Four years. Almost. Uh, I'll meet the movie press, Jeff, but looking forward to you on Collider. Um, cut to black film. We're going to miss you so much, Jeff. Uh, Zeno what is Zeno Hour in the chat? Zeno Hour's in the chat. This is bittersweet. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jeff. Film the flicking critic. Love you, Jeff. A lot of love. I love all you guys. You're gonna be missed. Thank you, above all, to everybody for watching. This is my final message, folks. The man. What has he got? If not himself, then he has not to say the things. He truly feels And not the words Of one who kneels The record shows I took the blows And did it my
edition of Meet the Movie Press on the Popcorn Talk Network. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svita, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.